cliffcentral.com. This is Digital Influence with Ryan Hogarth, and today I'm recording on the road, on the fly. I'm sitting in a boardroom somewhere in Bryanston. And as I hope you know by now, on, on the show, the short little segment, I talk about how digital is impacting our lives, how it's influencing the way we do business, our relationships with customers, how we can be influential in a digital world, pretty much everything related to digital transformation, digital culture. And I just recently attended an event that I was invited to, which was hosted by Dell. And they've commissioned a study on pretty much the workplace and technology and the importance of it, what goes down there. And I have with me in the boardroom here, Mr. Chris Buchanan from Dell. Uh, he says he works remotely from Cape Town, but he's up in Joburg for a short bit. And so I'm going to talk to him about this study. So first of all, Chris, hello, welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Ryan. Look forward to it. So you've done a study. It was commissioned by Dell, is that correct? It was. Dell and Intel. Dell and Intel commissioned. Well, let's start with why you commissioned the study. What was, what was the aim in doing it? Why was it being done? Well, we looked at uh, the way that people were interacting with technology, and we thought there was there was definitely room for improvement. Okay. Um, it was it, it got to a stage where um, it's been seen as a commoditized device that can be uh, interchangeable with no matter what role you're performing, and we think there are better ways of doing things. Okay. We went out to the market, we took a look at it, and said, well, based on the way that people do their jobs, we can provide different types of technology. For more or less the same cost. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with price. I'm not mm. trying to sell the latest you know, or the best shiny box. It's more about what they're trying to achieve and how to make them more productive. All right, so let's get into the study. What was it? What did you do? Sure. What did it reveal? So eight countries around the world, South Africa included. Um, and we, we sat down with uh, just under 4,000 uh, people. We, we used an external agency to commission the study. And they came back with some findings around how you could potentially look at improving the way that employees interact with technology and that when you do that, when you make them more productive in the way that they interact with technology, you could also make them, uh, make them happier about their job. You could actually improve their job satisfaction. Now, I've, I, was, I was going through some of, the, some of the findings from the study and what was interesting to me or what stood out for me and, and it's one of those things when you read it, you go, oh yeah, well obviously, but, but you didn't necessarily connect those dots is I think traditionally you know technology was driven by business and and if you had people sitting around standing around a bra on a Saturday afternoon they were talking about wow you know at work I've got this computer that can do this or I've got a thing that can do that it's really amazing but some of the stuff coming out from the study it seems like those roles have reversed where business seems to lag behind and in fact their technology is is not up to standard and there's a sense of disappointment about that. Absolutely. Now, as you said, so um, we speak about the three platforms of technology. And the first, you know, platform one, we're, in, we're currently in platform three. Um, platform one, just to, not to bore you too much, but mm. was where uh, a device was owned by a corporation. So you, you're talking about mainframes, so big clunkers that would sit down in the basement and a whole lot of people would have terminals and interact with it. And we're now at platform three where apps are everywhere, all over pervasive. They're almost disposable. People interact with technology every day in, in millions of different ways, billboards, you know, sound, uh, audiovisual, whatever it might be. And we, w what we're noticing is that a lot of the newer technology is introduced in the gaming arena. A lot of people are using gaming. We, we're heavily invested in gaming, by the way. We own the Alienware brand. Um, 
in, uh, worldwide. Um, and we find that, the, that a lot of that technology in terms of virtual reality and extended reality and more, or, augmented reality is now flowing into the workplace. Mm-hmm. And there's, there are a lot of applications for it around safety, around training and things like that. So we, we're looking at how we can take that and make people's lives more interesting in a work environment. And the work environment doesn't have to be a location. You know, it can be anywhere. All right, well, let's talk now about the expectations of the workforce because that, that's one of the big findings coming sure. out of the study is, is people taking on a job at a business. What are their expectations in terms of technology? I so see you're asking me the question you asked me that I didn't answer the previous time. <laughs> let's say I'm, I'm taking it from <laughs> a slightly back. different angle. <laughs> let's, let's see if you understand the question this time, Chris. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, no. I, I, I think no, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, the expectations of people are that you will give me a, a, a good device that allows me to do my job but makes it, and makes it exciting for me to work. Mm. I don't want to walk into an environment where I have to struggle to connect. I have to struggle to interact with whatever the application or the workflow is that you've designed for me. I want to be excited about coming to work. Mm. I'd like you to be considering the way that I interact with technology and make sure that it's an enjoyable experience for me. Um, you know, we talk about you know, th- small things like just making sure that there's a decent graphics resolution on the screen that people are interacting with. I mean, I'm unfortunately not a millennium, millennial as I'd love to be. Um, <laughs> well, but call it, calling it a millennium is not, not a great start. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, give, giving away my age really there. But, yeah. um, but if you think about the amount of time I've spent in front of a screen, my eyes are just getting worse and worse. Mm. And I, so giving a better resolution on a screen, making it just small things that you mm. can potentially invest in that make sound. You know, I interact a lot of times over audio, and how do I do that? Would I like to listen to some music while I'm working when I really want to work? Absolutely. Would I like to be able to switch with those same set of headphones into a phone call? Absolutely. Would I like my mobile phone to be able to ring and go into that device as well? Absolutely. Small considerations that you can bring into a workspace to make it a lot more pleasant for people. All right. Well, that sounds amazing, but... What is the state of readiness from a from a corporate business perspective? If you look at what expectations are and what is the reality of of the work environment and the use of technology in those environments? I think it's seen as a grudge purchase. I don't think that people are approaching it from a productivity perspective. So you're not looking at how investing in it's making small investments. Mm. Uh, one of the one of the numbers I love quoting is in in a desk based employee. If you add a second monitor to their desk, you can increase their productivity by 39%. A second monitor is going to cost you around a 1,000 rand. If you consider that you're paying that employee tens of thousands of rands, that is a very minor investment. It's actually not even worth debating. And unfortunately, that's one of those things that corporates still struggle with. It's seen as a capital purchase. They're not looking at – they're spending a lot of money on employees. They can enhance their experience and improve their productivity radically by just making a small investment in technology. So I think, unfortunately, they're not spending the time and effort to do that. And one of the challenges is that it requires effort. It requires a change in paradigm. So when people look at the, per- the technology that they're purchasing, you sit down there and say, well, you know what? If I basic purchasing economics, if I get all of my requirements together and I go to a supplier and I say, I've got 1,000 or 500 devices that I want to buy, give them to me all the same and you can get me a really good price. As opposed to looking at the employees, try and see what they're trying to do and then say, this group of employees we could enhance their work experience by making sure that they, they're mobile. Let's make sure that they've got a lighter device, easier to travel with, and they can connect very quickly, be it 3G, LTE, or Wi-Fi. 
Let, let's go and for those employees, let me go and invest in the right device for them. Mm. Let me not go and get them exactly the same device as I've given to the accounting department or the HR department. Mm. Now, what is fascinating to me as I speak to people around the world about digital transformation and uh, all the various angles and aspects of it is the fact that how much of a cultural question comes up in almost every aspect of it. And, and, and what I've come to see is that the technology is easy. I mean, there's technology out there for almost anything. If there's something you want to do, you can find technology for it. But it's the sort of the thinking that goes with this where, where most businesses seem to be missing. Like that very point you've just mentioned where it's like, okay, well, how can I get the same device for the cheapest price as quick as possible and I can solve my technology question? And then when you do it that way and it doesn't work, and then you go, well, you see, there's no point in investing in technology because we're getting no return from it. Yeah. But when we start to understand the uh, the cultural aspect of it, like, you know, what are we actually doing for people? People are really important in this equation. And when we understand people, then we can start to get the technology right. And this is a very long way around to me getting to a question around um, whether it would make sense for – would you find yourself from a sales perspective when you're – you know, you wanting to sell Dell products, does it not make sense to engage businesses almost at that level, like to try and, you're almost fulfilling a consulting role to, to bring them to an understanding of what you're talking about here. And, you know, rather than just say, well, I can get you 5,000 screens at this price or that device or, I mean, it's, an, it's a slight change of, of perspective, I would think, but it is, and it's and 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 the interesting thing is, you know, just as much pressure as those organisations who are buying are going under, we also have to perform. Mm. We've got to deliver results. We've got to deliver sales. So the consultative process potentially delays a sales cycle, mm. but getting the right solution down for the customer means that they become a customer for life. But the consultative process is difficult. You know, there's no two ways about it. Even from our perspective, going in and engaging with customers, we've got one very large telco that we're engaging with around that and a very large insurance company that both of them are, are looking at this approach for us, from us. Um, and we're, we're starting out, but we're really taking baby steps. And we've decided we're going to find smaller departments where we can actually go in and find specific use cases that make sense. We can't bite off the whole elephant at the of moment. Of course. So, and, and, and we're seeing some results, but, but even with that, it's, it's a challenge because people want to get things done quickly. Mm. And this is not a quick process. Mm. However, once I think you've in, ingrained it in the company in terms of a culture and you say, well, this is the way we're going to do it. And that role, the, for that role, this is the technology that we're going to deploy. It might be that they need a tablet and headphones, right? And then going forward, if you're in that role, you use a tablet and headphones, and then you look at the technologies that are going to be coming out thereafter, and you actually enhance it somehow. Maybe you need to ruggedize it with a case or something like that. But but going forward, then it's not so difficult. Once you've actually defined that, you've defined the personas, you've defined the the um, devices that are required to make them more productive, then it's quite a lot easier to roll it out. The interesting thing is it introduces a social dynamic as well. So the organization would look at it and they'll say, well, why is that department getting the nice shiny box and I'm getting the, you know, the gray one that sits under my desk. And, you know, what, what I say is those differences already exist mm. in, in terms of people's roles and functions. So it's not, and it's not got to do with seniority or anything like that. But if you go and look in terms of most businesses, the salespeople that are on the road are getting fuel allowances and the people that are, are office based are not. So that, that dis distinction is already there. Yes. It's just taking it and saying, well, let's apply that. To technology. All right, Chris. So coming out of this study, what what do you think are the key 
takeaways from a business point? What should businesses be thinking about when they think about their workforce and their technology and their and the relationship between those two? So I think that the the key finding here is that mobility is is pervasive. It's everywhere, and we have to actually embrace it. And you've got to understand that work can happen at any time in any place. And if you allow and enable that, you want to try and make sure that your employee can be as productive inside the office as they are outside the office, and that there will enhance their work-life balance. And that's what a lot of employees, and millennials particularly, are looking for these days, is I don't want to particularly feel bound to a desk. It's quite an interesting analogy that was used. I was reading up on this where they say that a keyboard and a mouse um, and a screen pretty much chain people to a workplace. And if you can break that, connection so you can make people mobile and you can look at new smarter technologies in terms of the way that you interact with technology and you can allow people to be productive at any time in any place that would that would be the that would be the, probably the one message i'd like corporations to walk away with um and you know there are a lot of things there are a lot of technologies available to do that there are a lot of things that you can do around enhancing graphics and video um extending reality you know allowing for virtual reality interactions with devices um that, that need to be looked at. But it once again comes back to what job are you trying to get the employee to do? How can you make them more productive? Okay, good. So I guess to sum up, I mean, pretty much what we've spoken about in the, in the, over the last few minutes is really understand your people and the technology they want. The, the technology is there as far And it's not just about buying technology. It's yeah. understanding what people are trying to do with it and then fill that gap most appropriately and also understand though that people are not going to tolerate your bad technology your employees don't want to tolerate your bad technology they don't uh, in fact this the one stat coming out of the studies that one in three millennials in particular would would turn down a job or leave a job if their technology was bad enough so the use of technology is being driven by your workforce rather than the good old days when you had shiny new toys Absolutely. to showcase and show off with your people and they could go and show off with their friends. They're coming to work with technology and they're kind of expecting you to have the same and wanting to do their job in the most effective way possible. And it ultimately does come down to being productive. It, it comes down to the bottom line. I mean, you're not, you're not being ignorant of that. And so understand your people and then provide them with the technology that's going to enable them to do their job. Yep. Now, Chris, is there somewhere where people can get the study if they're interested in it? Is there, is there a, a website or a – how can they – if they, if they want to have a look at the findings from a it? Absolutely. Um, you know, you can contact Dell. We'll publish it online. I'm not sure if we have a, a link to it. We can yeah. get that set up. Um, so All right. Well, I'll what I'll do is about I'm, I'm going to put it in the description to this podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, you'll find a link – to downloading the, 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 the study in the description so you can go ahead and get it there. And anyone in business, if you're, if you're in HR, if you're in, anywhere in the C-suite, this is a study worth looking at. This is the future of your workforce and how you're going to engage them and keep them productive. Chris Buchanan from Dell, thank you very much for, again, taking the time to have a little chat about the study. Thank you, Ryan. And yeah. you've been listening to Digital Influence with Ryan Hogarth. Cliffcentral.com.